Hello, and welcome to Our Food is Our Future, presented by Eat Well Saskatchewan and the College of Pharmacy and Nutrition at the University of Saskatchewan. I'm your host and food explorer, Mo Matthew. My guest this week is Wally Sachowicz. Wally is a longtime resident of Saskatchewan. He attended the U of S where he majored in sociology. Being entrepreneurial, he ran his own cab business before starting Market Garden. He started Market Gardening in the early 90s and joined the Saskatoon Farmers Market at that time. Wally has written several publications on small farming and was active giving workshops on the subject during the 2000s. He helped bring spin farming to the new audience of growers and sparked a backyard growing surge across Canada. He currently lives in Pleasantdale, Saskatchewan, where he still marked gardens and currently putting his energy into growing fresh herbs. Everybody, this is Wally. Welcome, Wally. Um, I'm hoping you can, because uh, I'm probably going to butcher your last name. So I'm hoping you can uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from uh, right now. Maybe uh, your experiences there and your background and your current role. Hi, my name is uh, Wally Satswich, and I currently live in a small village uh, called Pleasantdale, which is just south of Melfort. I used to live in Saskatoon my whole life until about uh, four years ago. So it's a big transition for me. Uh, I have carried my passion for growing commercially and for home growing to the small community. And uh, that's a passion that I've had my whole life is, uh, is growing, uh, you know, primarily for market, but that arose out of a, uh, you know, out of a home gardening tradition that I was, uh, you know, sort of born into. So, you know, I took that up market gardening in the early 1990s and have continued up until the present day, which is, uh, that's a pretty good span of time. So I've seen a lot, you know, through the farmer's markets and, uh, you know, my own personal experiences uh, growing. So, yeah, I do come from, from an extensive background. There's no question about that. And, like I say, I've seen I've seen a lot, and I'm still learning. That's the nice thing about uh, growing is that you're never done learning. I've you know embarked on a sort of a new. I'm getting away more from commercial growing commercial veg. I'm more into you know fresh herbs and dry herbs uh, right now. So I'm really uh, you know exploring that option. Beautiful. So kind of your time in the farmers markets has kind of come to a close then, and you're concentrating and focusing on herbs. Yeah, I would say my, you know, I'm I'm looking for I'm at a point where my, in my life I don't have to, you know, look at, uh, you know, market gardening as my primary source of income. So I'm dialing back on that, and I'm focusing more on just herd production for my own use. And I still am oriented towards market, but it won't be, you know, it'll be under a different sort of uh, guise. It'll be more like just uh, you know herb sales, uh, you know, potted plants or whatever in the uh, in the springtime and early summer. And then I'm going to be focusing on my home gardening uh, production. I really want to get my freezers full. So I'm basically, I'm taking all my market gardening knowledge that I've acquired over the years, and I'm going to apply that to my own home gardening practices uh, this year. Oh, that's great. That's great. Exciting then. New stuff. It is. Good, good. Why I kind of get excited chatting with you is because hopefully some of the listeners know this, but I want everybody to know you're kind of like the granddaddy of spin farming. Maybe not everybody knows what that is. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, that's a farming uh, sort of framework, and I've written extensively about it. 
And uh, it's just, it's a framework with a lot of ideas that kind of gives you a way to look at farming, small farming. And, you know, I got started with spin farming in, you know, on a number of uh, backyard garden plots in Saskatoon at our peak, we had about 35 garden plots that were, that we were farming and, you know, we were selling at the Saskatoon farmer's market. So I developed a lot of ideas and I wrote them down and uh, wrote a, several books on it. And uh, so, yeah, I've, it's, that's something, that's what I've been doing basically, you know, since the early uh, 2000s. It's, it is actually really inspiring um, because when I was starting my growing journey, I would look on YouTube all the time and uh, so many of the YouTube famous growers cite you and say that uh, you're where it started and they took, they, they kind of rode your coattails into their practices. Well, it's flattering to hear. And uh, <laughs> I guess I would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's reassuring. That's good. That means, you know, it um, all was not in vain that I have inspired at least a few people out there. Oh, m- more than a few, more than a few. But maybe that leads us to this, this uh, next idea. It's, it's getting... Um, already it's the end of January and me as a grower, I'm really jonesing to get seeds and some soil. So maybe you can walk us through the process of maybe a first time person starting a garden. What, what would they have to worry about? What would they have to think about? Well, I mean, I'm assuming that you have a garden plot all set to go, but one of the things that I've taught people is if you don't have a garden plot, don't feel like that's going to stop. You could always rent one or, you know, go to a community garden and go to, you know, land is available. If you really want a garden, then there's nothing stopping you, in my opinion. You just need to be resourceful. Um, but in terms of seed and uh, planting, yeah, I mean, all that can start right now. And I would say one of the, you know, something a person should look at a home gardener for especially if you're starting your own seeds inside is to you know get some good grow lights don't be afraid to spend a few hundred on some grow lights and get set up at home for uh starting stuff tomatoes you know a lot of stuff is too early but stuff like fresh herbs i'm assuming a lot of home gardeners are probably going to want to do fresh herbs so i start all, most of my fresh herbs starting around january 1st and actually in the next day or two i'm going to be finished with my pot-ups and fresh herbs that that all has to be started early it's not too late but it doesn't hurt to start stuff like that that's really slow going or growing you know early in the season under good good quality grow lights like i say try to go beyond fluorescence fluorescence are okay but don't be afraid to spend uh you know like i say a few hundred on some good grow lights and get a jump start on uh, your growing season I mean, nowadays, I mean, if you go to some of these garden centers, they have setups that I never had as a home gardener because they have these setups that were geared around home or geared towards home cannabis production. So they're called grow tents and, you know, stuff like that. There's all kinds of stuff out there nowadays that make it easier to get started, you know, with plants early in the season and get better results than, let's say, 20 or 30 years ago. So that's the other thing. Grow lights, get set up with the grow lights, get, uh, go to a garden center or go online, of course, and, you know, do your thing with the seeds and uh, start planning, start to, you know, zoning out your garden areas. You know, what do you want to, you know, set some direct or some goals for yourself? You know, do you want to produce 
uh, for your own home use, or do you want do you want to fill up a few freezers with with uh, certain types of produce? Maybe you just want specialized produce for your freezer. You know, you got you know think like you know what do I need to do to enhance my food supply at home? Because I know this year I like working with green beans and I like working with corn and I like uh, frozen corn. Like I love frozen veg in the winter, and you know. I don't want to buy that anymore from the supermarkets because organic uh, veg isn't cheap. And why why spend money when you can do it yourself? So basically, you gear your whole production, your home gardening production towards certain objectives that you have. You think like a pro or you think like a market gardener, even though you're a home gardener, you have to sort of become more professional at it and you know more systematic because your whole goal as a home gardener is to get some serious food production going not just sort of playing around and you know you probably are well aware of what's happening out there in the world it's getting more and more sort of crazy out there so it doesn't hurt to enhance your own personal food supply by engaging in some serious uh, gardening practices and that involves planning you know starting right about now true enough it seems that's kind of going to get some people out there playing in the soil, I think. So maybe maybe that's uh, that's if we can see any kind of good coming out of this, that might be it. <clears throat> um, so when on on our program, our our food is our future. It's very it's a huge topic. Um, lots of people have a different understanding of what food is. But we at our core here believe that food is medicine. And that means putting the best possible food in our in our bodies. What's what's the difference about growing vegetables for ourselves and buying them at the store? Well, I mean, it does come down to quality, I would say. I mean, I mean, some of the frozen stuff you get, let's say, specifically, let's say frozen veg, you know, which is going to be a focus of mine this year is, uh, you know, sheer quality of it is, uh, you know, you just seem to be able to get better quality stuff harvested and processed. And so it's quality, I would say, is a big factor. And uh the fact that you're going to be growing organically, hopefully, I mean, I always recommend, even though I'm not, you know, uh, I see advantages to being, you know, having a more conventional approach to home gardening, but, and that's okay too, but I would encourage, you know, using the few farm chemical or gardening chemicals as you can. And nowadays it is easier to do that, you know, with, you can grow just about anything nowadays with uh, using sort of different, uh, you know, integrated pest management techniques is a term that they use nowadays where, you know, you don't necessarily have to fall back on chemicals. There's lots of other approaches you can use to control, uh, you know, issues. So it's quality is the big thing, I guess. Yep. Yep. And there has to come uh, a good feel uh, from pulling veg out of your own uh, backyard too, I think, or, or whatever space you got actually. Deeply satisfying, um, to say the very least. Deeply satisfying. All right. All right. So I bought your book, um, Spin Farming. I've, I've actually been following it, um, put together uh, a really good haul a couple times. Um, I don't know how many years ago I bought your book, but uh, it wasn't the first year that, that my garden really took off. It was the second year, but using your principles and your techniques I got a crazy amount of food that year and I put it lots of it. I processed it and put it in storage 
um, in different ways. <clears throat> and I was lucky that I had enough people in my house to eat all that veg over the winter. And I had pretty good success, but some people might not. And some people might not be too able in the garden to start with. Is there certain vegetables that they might want to grow first because they're going to be successful? I think that's always a good way to start on a positive, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, in terms of specific veg, there's some are easier than others. I would say try to stay away from stuff that's really fine seeded that requires, you know, long germination periods that can be a little tricky for a lot of home gardens. Let's say, you know, for example, carrots, it's a fine seeded vegetable that, you know, takes, you know, certain, takes certain conditions for you get to get germination quickly. And, you know, sometimes home gardeners can't provide those conditions and they get frustrated. Uh, so I would plant something that's relatively easy, like, you know, green beans, basically, you know, or, you know, stuff like onion sets or potatoes and uh, stuff that's easy to hoe out and, uh, and so forth. So, and certain crops are more, have more issues than others, like the brassicas, right? Cabbage, you know, tends to attract cabbage butterflies. So, you know, you have to be prepared to deal with that issue. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of disappointment, you know, when your cabbage plants get swarmed with bugs. So. Yeah. Usually I try to try to stay with simple crops that don't have a lot of disease or insect pressure. And then that way, don't choose the most challenging crops, you know, in your first year. Grow crops that are easy, easy to uh, maintain and, uh, and uh, take care of and harvest too. Yeah, good advice. It's always nice to uh, actually have those carrots grow all being in nice tops and then you... Uh, take 20 minutes to pull them out of the ground and that's that's sort of disappointing <laughs> yeah so our grow season here in saskatchewan it's not like some of the other places in canada and because this program is specifically for the people in saskatchewan uh, how long can they expect how can how long can we expect to grow vegetables in saskatchewan when's the start and when's the finish well i'd say you know in Saskatoon, I mean, I use that as sort of the, the benchmark. I would say, you know, around May 1st would be a time that I, you can normally expect. It. Again, I'm thinking like a market gardener, and that's what I bring with me when I home garden is, okay, if I want early new potatoes, a lot of home gardeners go with the May 24th long weekend approach. And I've always kind of made fun of that approach because they plant. I have neighbors, you know, when I lived in Saskatoon, they were of that variety. And that's fine. That's a conventional gardening approach. They would plant every crop, you know, during that May Day long weekend, right? They'd have panic attacks if they can't. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's that do or die May long weekend, nothing before, nothing after, and that's it. But as a serious home gardener, you know, you should be planting well before that date, you know, your cold heart, hardy crops, your cool hardy crops like onions, lettuce, spinach, radish, so forth and so forth. You know, you can plant a wide variety of crops starting May 1st. That's three weeks before the May long weekend. And then you can be planting a wide variety of crops for three weeks after that, let's say. You know, I plant green beans as late as, let's say, July 1st, you know, if I have to. So, wow. it's, uh, yeah, it's not, you, you give yourself 
you know, a time frame where it doesn't all can get condensed into that May long weekend. Let's say that's a good starting point. And then basically you have, let's say, you know, <clears throat> technically you have May, June, July, August, September. I think that's five months of growing season. So there's lots we can do. We can just go grow anything here. Watermelon, cantaloupe, you know, for warm weather crops. I've been growing those up here. I'm two hours northeast of uh, Saskatoon and, uh, you know, it's a little bit cooler here than Saskatoon and I can still grow that here. So, you know, modern oh, day I, plant breed, go ahead. Well, I, I just thought Pleasant Tail was a sunny paradise. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look at it. Uh, there's other ways, of course, but uh, that's, 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 the, that's the option I like to kind of put my headspace into is, is that for sure. Right. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell you, Wally, I used to be uh, totally guilty of that May long weekend thing, right? I, I tried to do everything and even the starts that I had. Yeah, I would be out there getting everything in that weekend. So <laughs> I, I'm glad I've learned over time that I do have more time in the season. <laughs> so now we're, we've kind of went over growing some things to start when we've completed the the food and it comes out of the ground hopefully nice and easy what role do you believe those fresh vegetables uh coming out of the ground play in healing and our wellness well i would say basically it's i mean that's what i'm all about i'm trying to keep myself healthy out here and i do it by relying on my own food to boost your immune system for starters you know, there's, there's crops that we grow that aren't vegetables, like high bush cranberries, and for starters, that are high in vitamin C. So we like to put that in the freezer. So it's all about, yeah, it's all about your, your personal health for you and your family and your friends. There's no question about that. So, yeah, that's that's the big thing. I, I think so, too. Our our program kind of goes back and forth on the, uh, our food is medicine, and that. That kind of comes from our indigenous culture that's here on the prairies. But two, I always find the, if it takes me a whole year to grow something, I wear it with a lot of pride and I, I do it up and I serve it lovingly and, and there's wellness in that. It's mental health too. You better believe it. Yeah. To, I, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I totally believe it. Is gardening easy? Well, there's no reason why it should be hard. I mean, that's kind of one of the mythologies I've always tried to break down as gardening shouldn't be hard. I mean, if it's hard, then you're probably not using the right tool or you're, you're, you know, you're just not engaging in the right practices, right? You're making it hard. Gardening should be fun and easy. There are, there is some physical work involved with it, but that's part of the whole point of it, right? It's a form of physical exercise too, which ties into yeah. the health concept. But nowadays, right, it's all about active lifestyle and uh, getting out there and actually doing stuff and gardening is uh, home gardening is a perfect sort of uh, vantage point for you know entry point for that kind of healthy lifestyle so it's not hard it's fun and uh, there are some hard elements but it should never be like tedious i love that point of view that's great i kind of endorse that as well um that that freedom garden or that victory garden kind of analogy where we're doing it to promote community and use abundance and uh, really uh, share what we can. I think there's a place for that in community building too. 
Well, yeah, especially, I mean, I live in a small community where, you know, 70 people live here and, uh, you know, some people don't garden, but whatever the case, a lot of us do garden and uh, we're always sharing and uh, it could be a good springboard for community building. In fact, it should be the foundation, really, food production. And I think that's what's really missing in a lot of uh, social structures nowadays is that uh, the food production based on, let's say, home gardening, either at the family level or the community level, whatever you want. But uh, that's that's one of, the, I think, fundamental building blocks of a healthy society. Yeah, I totally agree. It's It's weird. I think that COVID scare that we had a couple years ago kind of started uh, a bunch of people that maybe weren't interested in gardening, but didn't want to go to stores. I think it might have encouraged some people to get out, to get out and uh, start playing around in the uh, soil. But for the rest of us, it was just a regular year. Do you see any, any good that came from that, those COVID experiences, especially as it, as it pertains to gardening? Well, not so much for me personally, but like you say, I hopefully did encourage other people that they maybe saw the light a little bit that, you know, it doesn't hurt to have some gardening skills and a backyard or a garden that you can put into play for conditions like that. And, you know, like you say, you probably follow the news like I do. Those conditions, I mean, doesn't look like any of that kind of stuff is going away anytime soon. The world's become, becoming more sort of uh, unpredictable, shall we say. So yeah. it makes more makes more than more sense nowadays to continue with that sort of uh, uh, mindset. Yeah, self sufficient seems to be a a real hot point right now. So it's good to get out into the garden. We have food shortages across across the country, or at least, if not total food shortages, we have items that are just missing that we used to get every day. And I guess we're going to have to learn to either live with it or grow it, eh? Well, that's just it. I mean, with climate change, right? I mean, it's, it is, I mean, environmentally, it's more unstable. So you can have some kind of disastrous event in California, rainfall event, which we had, you know, we've been having getting those periodically there and that could wipe out, let's say the romaine lettuce crop, I think what happened a few years ago or whatever. So, I mean, all of a sudden there's no romaine lettuce, you know, coming in. So, but hey, you can actually grow it yourself, you know, so there's lots of examples of that. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't, uh, if you can't find it, grow it. <laughs> yeah, the, I agree. So at the end of every, every uh, podcast, I ask our, our guest to kind of give advice to, to youth or people uh, listening to the podcast, not so much um, to zero in on, on health and wellness, even though that's kind of uh, one of our things, but, do you have any advice for young people listening today? Well, the main thing is to look at it as a undertaking, a serious undertaking that you get better at. And uh, I mean, a lot of days, a lot of younger people, they are techies in their own right. They, they understand technology better and so forth. So that doesn't mean you can make gardening is complex if you want if you want you know if you can, in terms of your designing and all that kind of stuff so if that, if that's your approach take it get complex uh but if you like a nice simple approach i tend to like simple there's that approach too so get into a mode of gardening that works for you define you know 
exactly what you want to do with your gardening approach. That way, if you have clear to find objectives, then if you achieve them, then you'll know you did and you can build on that. Or if you don't achieve, then okay, then you did something wrong, but you need objectives and you need, you need something that uh, you can tabulate has always been my approach and look at it as something more professionally oriented than let's say maybe your parents took gardening, you know, and that you're trying to be, you know, really make it have an impact on your, on your budget and so forth. So it's just taking it a next level of, uh, you know, seriousness. And by that, I don't mean not having any fun, but just, you know, take it as a serious pursuit because I really do think it's going to make a big difference going forward. Agreed. Well, thank you very much for your time, Wally, uh, your input and uh, sharing your experiences. It's always good chatting with you. I like to, I used to like coming by the, your booth and looking at all your amazing vegetables. I'm sad that I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. Well, I know it's something I miss, but that was a part of my life that I haven't completely, uh, you know, left behind. But in terms of Saskatoon and that whole scenario there, uh, yeah, that's not a part of my life right now, but uh Definitely, it's something that uh, I embrace going forward. Good, good. Well, I'd love to see you around. Okay, Mo, thank thank you very much. Have a great day, Wally. Bye now. You too. Bye. I would like to take this opportunity to thank Eat Well Saskatchewan for their continuing support of our podcast, Our Food is Our Future. Eat Well Saskatchewan is a free provincial service offered by the College of Pharmacy and Nutrition at the University of Saskatchewan and funded in part by Indigenous Services Canada. Eat Well Saskatchewan is here to help bridge the gap for nutrition services to rural, remote, and isolated communities that lack easy access to dietitians. And a huge thank you goes out to the Community Initiatives Fund for our funding and their vision. Without their support, we couldn't tell the stories of our people, our communities, our food, and our future. A heartfelt thank you, and Marseille.